You're listening to the Our Eerie Podcast with Marty Wachugu and Lydia Laith. We're here to amplify community voices and bring new perspectives to the conversation. We are unpacking Eerie and America's baggage. And we're speaking truth to power. Let's talk. Welcome back for another week of our area. You're listening to Marty Wachuku. I'm a Nigerian American black woman. Today I am wearing a pink fuzzy. I think they call these fleece things. Uh-huh. Um, underneath I'm wearing a Black Panther, the comic book t-shirt. Um, I have a headset on. You can't really see my braids today, but they're black and white. And I am 29 years old. And for a living, I am a Community organizer, sort of, but my official role is a deputy organizing director, and I work for PA United. Nice. And you're also joined by Lydia Leith. I am a 28... 2022... <laughs> I think 28. Gosh, <laughs> look this up again. I didn't do the math. Um, 28-year-old white blonde woman with blue eyes and sparkly eyeshadow that I don't think you can totally see on the Ooh. video, but... I was feeling myself this morning. Some <laughs> eyeliner. A uh, it's this is like a corduroy yellow button down. It's like thick and delicious. Um, and I am a social worker. I used to be a trauma therapist. I've worked in political spaces. I'm a local elected official currently in Washington Township, and I work um, with refugees and immigrants right now. Awesome, awesome. Well, sometimes we have snacks in front of us, so. Lydia, do you have a snack or a drink in front of you that you're enjoying while we talk? So lame today. I just have a sparkling water. It's like black cherry. And that's all I have because this was I this just speaks to how crazy busy I am. I opened this this morning when I was at work and I didn't Uh finish it and I didn't even drink enough of it today to like throw the rest out. I was like, no, there's like still like more than half of this left. So I brought it home. So I'm like finishing this. It's my like day long sparkling water black cherry. Um, and then no snacks, no candy, no nothing exciting. How about you, Marty? So I am drinking, I feel like in the last years or so, more liquor companies are trying to get into the easily consumable uh-huh. canned beverage. I think seeing the success of seltzer water, you know, or uh-huh. alcoholic seltzer yeah. water. So I don't know who cut water is, but it's a cut water lime tequila margarita. Ooh, that sounds fun. Yeah, it's I good. I just had margaritas the other night with my mom. It was pretty fun. I had like... <gasps> I've never had margaritas with my mom. That sounds so fun. Oh, yeah. It was a good time. She made enchiladas. And uh, yeah, we had dinner at her house. That was fun. Um, but yeah, I know. I kind of... I don't know why I get really territorial, even though I don't really drink uh, like those alcoholic seltzers. But I always get mad when I see like another like Bud Light or Corona or like... <laughs> the big a- name. A beer, yeah. big name beer that is like coming out with a seltzer, um, like alcoholic seltzer. And I'm like, stay in your lane, but yeah. like, like, and you didn't do it first. You're not. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like let, who was it? Who's the big one? There's like two big. Oh, like White Claw or something. White Claw and whoever the other, like let them have that. Like, why are you trying to come into their market? <laughs> I can't stand that. <laughs> exactly. I don't know why I get like, really, I think maybe it's like the, like organize community organizer type, like. Mm-hmm advocate in me that's like oh fighting for the underdog and like all the injustices and then sometimes I like project that onto situations that I definitely shouldn't (laughs) like reality tv or like seltzer water situations where I'm just like I'm like way too mad about this than I should Uh 
Well, let's take a pause for a second. To, I want to let the ep, our, our guests know. And you, the listeners, are our guests because you are part of this conversation. Yeah. Um, that this episode, we're going to be talking to our co-producer, John Lyons. And we're really excited. I don't know that we've really had John on the show. Not in this capacity. We, like, did that one crossover um, with the Coded Bias mm-hmm. uh, episode where, like, hit their um, podcast and ours did that crossover Mm-hmm. Um, at the end of season one yeah when we like kind of showed our other team members but yeah, yeah we're gonna have yeah. quite some time with John today so we're really excited about that and like right now we're just checking in we're just checking in for the week and then we'll take a break and then you'll hear from John so back to the conversation we were having before <laughs> so Marty how was how was your week how was your day today what have you been up to so my week, we had a training recently at PA United. You know, <clears throat> I myself have stepped up into management along with another team member of mine. And um, so when I stepped up, there was a vacancy in the Erie County United. So Molly Brechtel has taken on that role. But that's kind of happened across the organization, people stepping up and other people filling the role. And then we've onboarded new people. So we had to do a training. And it was our first time doing like a real in-person thing since before covid Actually, the last work event I did before COVID was this very same training. Um, so it was amazing. Um, we all learned so much. I got a refresher. I feel like I'm a better organizer again. Um, and then we did karaoke on Saturday. And I sang, oh, um, uh-huh, I sang It's All Coming Back to Me by Celine Dion and killed it. Oh, <laughs> um, so, yeah, that's been my week. And um, I recently started stretching a lot. I... Um, I've only been exposed, some things you think are common sense. I'm one of those people who don't have common sense. Like, I don't know how to stretch. I recently started watching (laughs) physical therapy videos and doing those stretches, and I feel so, so good. Um, And I realized recently that I have a flat feet or flat foot. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's something I'm going to work on. So, yeah, that's my week. How about you? Oh, very nice. Um, Trying to think. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, it's crazy how life is starting to inch back towards like normalcy or like pre-COVID experiences. Like um, Buster, my husband works at um, Erie High School and they just came out with an email yesterday, I think, saying like because of the CDC changes or something, like they're no longer requiring students or staff to wear masks in the school building. Um, And so Buster was like, I don't know how I feel about that. Like, I don't think I'm going to blah, blah, blah. So that was interesting to kind of start figuring out like what that transition looks like because we haven't really had that yet. I mean, there was sometimes over the summer where you're like, okay, if we're like in an outdoor restaurant, like we can have our masks off and this doesn't have to be, you know, a stressful thing. Um, But this like coming back into some of these more normal, quote unquote normal uh, events and experiences is is interesting to see how everyone handles it. But um, as far as me, work is just crazy busy all the time. Um, But in personal life, uh, my stepson Benji is coming back into town this uh, this week and a little into next week for his spring break. So I'm like so Aww. stinking stoked. Um, so I've been doing like so, and I don't know what it is about like this time of year of like February, March. Maybe it's just because it's been a while since like we had him for like a ton of time in the summer and then a, like a little bit over like Thanksgiving or Christmas. But um, I always like start getting this like itch to like do kid stuff or like want to plan like fun kid things to do. And so this weekend I planned this whole 
like dinosaur paleontology scavenger hunt thing for Benji. So I created these like dino digs where it's um, like plaster of Paris, sand and water all mixed up. So it's like hardened blocks of like rock it looks like, but you can like dig, you can like break it open and there's like dinosaur skeletons in it. And so I made that and then I hid tools all around our house with like little, little scavenger hunt. And so there's this paleontologist, uh, Dr. Rex Diggs, <laughs> Diggs with two Gs. Um, like Tay Diggs, you know, maybe I'll make some sort of connection. Um, which fun fact, Tay Diggs liked a tweet I made once, which I <gasps> probably have brought up before, but I've never. Which tweet? Followed. It was like about Hillary Clinton or something back during like the Trump Clinton debate. And I tweeted something and then Tay Diggs liked it. And I was like, am I going to marry Tay Diggs? But anyway, <laughs> spoiler alert. Been on a totally different path. Right? I know. Lydia Diggs. Right, Lydia Diggs. Anyway, so subconsciously, uh, Dr. Rex Diggs, paleontologist, <laughs> suddenly disappears and he leaves behind his tools for Benji to find so that he can go out into the backyard and find all these dinosaur bones. And uh, so I've been really geeking out about that and just planning ideas and thinking about what we can do this summer. Um, so that's kind of what I do. I think when I have like lots of feelings, I have to like do something active, whether that's like paint or write or sing or um like make these sorts of like games or scavenger hunts or things like that so so that's what i did this weekend which was pretty fun well that's awesome that's awesome and going back to last week's episode like you're actively thinking about play which is awesome and like involving benji in that but also i mean you're gonna have a blast i want to do that (laughs) i'm kind of like do i have to wait for him can i do one by myself (laughs) no it's so it's uh, that's one thing I love about having kids in my life, whether it's my nieces or cousins or, well, I don't have nieces, but like cousins or um, like Benji, my stepson, like I love having kids in your life because it does, it just brings you back to that like childhood, like wonder of of play and just all the endless possibilities and creativity. Um, so I love putting myself in like their eyes and their shoes and thinking like, oh, what would be fun? You know, like I planned a whole week of Harry Potter themed activities and stuff for my cousins who came and stayed with me for uh like a week and a half a couple years ago and we like did all these different like I made them we went are you the best cousin are you everyone's favorite cousin and or aunt (laughs) I mean I'm not gonna say it because who knows who listens no I'm just I don't think (laughs) my family listens but um yeah pretty much everyone wishes that I was their cousin aunt sister stepmother um (laughs) <laughs> no, but yeah, like I, I took them to the zoo and I made them speak parcel tongue to the snake <gasps> at the zoo. Like I was like, okay, go up to the glass and say like, hi, No, like, Lydia, I'm jealous. Please, you need to show me the side of yourself. I am not one of your young cousins, I will, but I want to go to the I'll zoo with you and speak I'll be parcel your new tongue. Cousin, aunt, and we'll go on a whole adventure. Uh, yeah, it was really fun. We like made potions and I got them, I made them wands and we like got sparklers to do different like spells with and stuff. It was really fun. We made like broom sticks that were made out of pool noodles. And so they could jump into the pool and I'd take a picture of them while they're jumping in. So it looked like they were flying on their broom. And, uh, anyway, so yeah. So if you ever need ideas of how to incorporate play into your life and just have fun, definitely let me know. Plus I have like a shit ton of games at my house. Like it's never a dull moment. Buster and I are always playing games. Well, we're planning a weekend or two away to hang out together. I actually want to come have you come to my place. I don't want to go out somewhere. I'm yeah, no, we should just like stay in and yeah, that'd be yeah. fun. I'll bring games yeah. or we can do something fun. That'd be, that'd be good. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Okay. Well, without further ado, we can uh, 
take a break and we'll be right back with John Lyons to talk about media consumption and monoculture and lots of other fun, good stuff. All right, folks, we are back and we have our special guest today, John C. Lyons, out from the shadows because he normally lurks behind and just helps in the editing. John, would you like to describe yourself? Hello, and I'm honored to be here. Thank you for having me. Uh, my name is John. I am a 44-year-old white Sheesh! male. <laughs> <laughs> I am wearing a white, beat-up, holy uh, t-shirt, a plain white t-shirt. I've got some rough uh, facial hair. Uh, I have very thick-framed black uh, glasses, which are burnt. Um, that's the, the look, the style, so they got a little texture to them. I got my can black cans on and my hair is uh, multicolored, getting more and more gray and uh, it's got some got some waves in it. Thanks. Thanks for being here. I've got pretty much a white uh, background behind me and my little metal. It's very top. monochromatic. Yeah, John, you are like in juxtaposition to me and Lydia. Like right? She has a bright <laughs> yellow shirt on. I have this pink flannel thing. We both have tapestries. And John's wearing black and white, black has and a white. white speaker, like white shelf. I think those are black, black drawers in them. And then his glass is like this metallic cup. Like he's just like minimalism. And we're like, colors! <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> The balance. We're keeping right, the balance. Right, the yin and yang. Yeah, I saw yeah. old white dude, young women. We're, right. we're all good. <laughs> I was just gonna say, like, it's it's so white that, like, if John leaned back just a little bit, he might just like fade into, and all you could see is glasses and headphones because it would all just be white. Just watch out. Good thing the sun isn't on because yes, it would just be a blinding reflection. Uh, so true. So true. Anyway, <clears throat> so let's talk about art. Um, what kind of art do you all gravitate towards? What are you like? What do you like to consume art wise? Who wants to go first? Marty, you I want to hear from you, John, because you're the guest. Don't be <laughs> passing it off to us. <laughs> nice all right. Try. Try, try to get right out of that one. Uh, well, I mean, obviously, um, you know, filmed content of the uh, narrative and documentary varieties. So films, TV series, uh, I, I love music. Um, I'm getting into dance more, uh, which is cool with some side projects. I actually just went to the Joyce Theater in New York City and saw some really cool modern ballet, which was great. Uh, saw some live jazz as well at Blue Note, uh, which um, my wife Dorota and I go to every time we're in New York. And uh, yeah, so I'm all over the place. What about you all? I thought you meant you were dancing, John. You got me too excited. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, how does John dance that he's getting into dancing? What are your moves? What's Flamenco, your... <laughs> you know. I'm, no, no. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a bad dancer. It usually takes, uh, you know, a couple, couple beverages to get me out there. Uh-huh. Yeah, but you never know, you know, watching yeah. dance, watching modern dance, I think is the gateway to like starting to perform modern dance. So 
Could yeah. be. Could be. <laughs> Next thing we see, John is in one of his films doing like an interpretive dance piece. <laughs> <laughs> Terrifying. In a cornfield while like zombies are eating people's brains. Yeah, that's that's a <laughs> horror story there in the making. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Eco horror. <laughs> it's a horror story. It opens with me dancing. <laughs> Something's wrong with him. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Um, yeah, Marty, what kind of art do you gravitate towards? I just realized recently that I'm a full-grown adult that makes money that can pay for whatever I want. And I'm like, you don't have to have rules around buying art. Like, I used to think, like, oh, only when you move or, like, there's space on the wall, that's when you can buy art. I'm like, no, if you like something, you think it's pretty and it connects with you, you can buy it. That's just something I literally realized this morning. Um <laughs> What art have you bought recently? Now I'm curious. So I went to Home Goods recently, and there was this. I've been wanting, um, not canvas, not tapestry, but like woven type of piece in my apartment. Mm -hmm. And it just so happened that they had the tree of life in the ring. Mm -hmm. And I was like, let me not buy this. I had to think about it because I was like, I don't know what that really means. I don't want to be, you know, appropriating something. But it was this tree of life and the wooden thing. It kind of looks like um, a dream catcher, which I've always found beautiful, but I've known are problematic. So I've never bought one. But yeah. I'm like, it's not a it's not a dream catcher. It has a tree of life in it. So I bought that. It's white and it's woven and it's beautiful. And then I've had a few pieces around my apartment where it's like just black women with um, plants behind them. Um, I really like having black women in my art. Um, and I like bright colors, as you can see with my tapestry here, that's blue and yellow. Um, but beyond like visual art, I really like um, indies, like quiet. If, I don't know why, but indies feel quieter to me where like commercial movies and shows are like loud. So I really like independent stuff. I've been trying to watch more international stuff, um, whether it's something I'm familiar with or like a movie. So like I started watching Love is Blind because I love the first season of the American love it. <laughs> American version. I started the second season of the American version. And spoiler alert, I hope it's not really a spoiler, but by the time they go to Mexico, these couples, I'm just like, I'm not into these people. I can't stand any of them. I'm cheering for some of them, but the partners they have, I can't uh -huh. stand so I was like, let me go and see what this will look like somewhere else. So I'm currently watching loving. I'm currently watching Love Is Blind Japan. Oh, um, <laughs> but musically, I've I've grown up. My dad listened to a lot of Congolese music and Jimmy Buffett and Jimmy Cliff and ABBA. So I, I literally listened to him listening to everything. So when I grew up, if I if he didn't expose it to me, I like dug into it. So like I really love classic rock. Um, I love rap and now I'm getting into jazz years and years ago. I used to joke that jazz, you could only like it when you were like old and now I love it. So I must be old. So yeah, that's the kind of art I consume. And I love to sing on my own and I love to dance, but I get embarrassed, but I do love it. Yes. To all of the above. I, um, it's interesting. I love to make a lot of artwork. Um, I don't buy a lot. And not because like I'm that great of an artist, um, but it's just something like it's a process for me. Like I just enjoy it. And again, like when I have a lot of feelings and I like want to like get it out, I just make art. So really like so much of our artwork in our house is just something that I've made or Buster and I have made together. Um, and there's just like not like truly 
there's like not much room in our house for other types of artwork <laughs> because we've just like filled it. Um, but I do, I love um, film and, and anything really. It, it's interesting too thinking about what art I gravitate towards because it really does depend on my mood. Because mm. um, I also love like books and I would consider books kind of an art, mm-hmm. like writing. They are. Oh, yeah. um, and so I love books, but I there's something... Like I just go through these like ebbs and flows where like sometimes I'm like reading five books at once and like three are nonfiction and two are fiction and like I just read a ton and then other times where I'm like I'm I haven't picked up a book in like months and I'm watching like Love is Blind and other like <laughs> reality TV shows that are like totally devoid of any sort of like real <laughs> content that I'm just like I don't my like I don't know and it's when you work with such serious shit all the time like you just need an escape and so art is a lot of times like that escape for for me um but it also is a way that like i can hone in on my feelings too and so i think when i think about what music i gravitate towards too it's like how do i how do i embody my feelings right now and that's usually who i will like listen to so like if i'm feeling like lots of feelings or like i really need to like sing out like i'll listen to adele that i can like scream (laughs) in the car with or if i'm feeling like i need to get like amped up for like a township meeting or some like big you know I don't know, confrontation at, you know, political level. Um, Like I'll listen to like Kendrick Lamar or um, I don't even know. Uh, I have this one, like, I think he's Egyptian, this Egyptian singer, Remy, Rami Assam, I think is his name. Anyway, I'll have to look him up and I'll I'll put the actual name in the description or something. But um, that I also listen, he was like part of the Egyptian revolution and like wrote some songs about the revolution and, uh, that's cool. Uh, Egypt. And so I, I listen to his music sometimes, even though I don't really understand what he's saying because it's all in like Arabic and I don't speak Arabic. <laughs> but um, but it yeah, moves and, you. and it does. It does. And sometimes like that's just the core of it too is like you don't have, that's what I think what's beautiful about music is that sometimes you don't have to understand what they're saying to understand like the vibe of what they're doing. Mm-hmm. And similar to like dance or other things, like there's just things that are like that transcend our cultural backgrounds or our linguistic backgrounds or anything like that. Um, but yeah, and I love watching international films and TV shows and stuff. There was this one I was watching called Dark, I think. Have you watched mm-hmm. that? Yeah, I've heard of it. No, what is that? Yeah, what's that about? What's it about? Uh, it's like sci-fi type. Um, I don't want to spoil too much, but it takes place. Is it in Germany? I think so. It takes place in Germany. It's like kind of this sci-fi thing where this little small town had this weird experience and like now this like weird stuff happens this kid disappears but then he reappears and then other people start disappearing and reappearing in different times and so there's like time travel element um but yeah it's just it's interesting it's uh an interesting show but uh but that brings me to the question because that's on netflix um what like streaming platforms do you all watch your shows on and do you actually pay for your subscription to those <laughs> platforms or is it someone else's that you still have your name attached to? Well, or- then I will ask, who do you provide for too? Like, Ooh, who do you good. pay for the watch? <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, I can, I'll start us off. Um, okay. I'm subscribed to a lot. Uh, Netflix. Prime, HBO Max, Criterion Channel, Hulu, Apple TV Plus. That's where I'm at right now. Wow. Do you have an Apple phone or computer? 
Yes, all okay. all all fruits here at, at the Lions Den Productions. <laughs> oh, fruity! All right. Sorry to cut you off, Lydia. I was just curious. I wanted to know like how many people who watch Apple TV also have Apple mm-hmm. products. Yeah. yeah. Well, um, was Criterion is that like the classics? Criterion is like a lot of um, independent international. There's definitely classics, and it's like art house. You could consider it okay. like art house. Um, okay, so artsy fartsy stuff. Yeah. I was gonna say, what is art house? Like, I don't really know. Like, I imagine like I have to be really smart to watch it. <laughs> but beyond no. that, I don't know what that is. I mean, to be honest, uh, I think art house is probably like my core uh, kind of favorite stuff. I like really eclectic. Um, stories but i always gravitate gravitate towards like really emotional and kind of dark and like really heavy i I always watch like really heavy stuff like (laughs) i don't know why uh that's just how i am like i want deep emotional um stuff that like tears your guts out like i don't know what do you what do you enjoy do you enjoy like feeling do you feel sad with the movie? Like, what, oh, do you, sure. what, what draws you to the emotional? Sad. It's kind of like, um, yeah, I mean, probably, you know, why anybody watches, like, international films and stuff. Like, I want to get other perspectives. I want to, um, you know, learn from other cultures and people and try and give myself a more rounded understanding of the world than what I got growing up, growing up in northwestern pennsylvania in in the woods you know <laughs> so would you would you say your day job offers an opportunity to do those sorts of things like have emotional connection or build empathy or connection with like other perspectives uh that's that's interesting because yeah for those who don't know my day job i work in the technology field so i'm in it so I'm very much like using different sides of my brain, like all the time, because technology is very cold. Um, A lot of, you know, stereotypically the people I work with can be um, not great communicators, uh, not great at expressing emotions. (laughs) Um, Yeah, it's uh, not necessarily people persons. Um, So, yeah, I don't know. I always uh, have been creative from like a young age, but I could also do the technology stuff. So I don't know. I'm I'm a I'm a weirdo, I guess. Well, no, just interesting. You... It sounds like that. Like is a yin and yin, like a balance, right? Mm-hmm. That like your day job is like a lot of like very like what is that left brain? Yeah, type and then the rest of my like... life completely is creative, which is yeah, yeah. I you need them both, about... I guess. Maybe. Huh? You talking about your workplace felt juxtaposition. <clears throat> Sorry, this tequila is hitting a little. <laughs> All right. It felt juxtaposition to my workplace where like we, so I was there from Thursday to Sunday. And so like um, the first night I spent there was just with management and people who are going to be trainings for this content that we're delivering for the rest of the team. Um, and we connected with each other. Like we want to get to each other's emotions. We're like, I show up this way because (laughs) I learned this when I was younger or I was made to feel this way in this space. So now when I show up to a meeting, I make sure other people don't feel that way. And like we really dug into each other and this is part of the training too, because our work as community organizers are trying to move people 
to take action on the things that are impacting them and affecting them. So our, our work is to try to move people from complaining about the issues or suffering from the impact of like capitalism mm -hmm. to going out and voting, going out to running in office, going out and leading issue campaigns, shutting down dangerous toxic plants to like um, closing down slumlord ran apartments and moving those people into safe housing. Like our work means getting down and deep with the people with like what's really impacting them and what's really making them sad. Um, so mm -hmm. <laughs> our, our workspace is pretty emotional mm -hmm. and it's not a bad thing. I feel like when you're in school, they teach you about the workplaces. Like you have to show up professional, you have to wear a button down shirt and you can't talk about this and that. And we're like, no, like I just farted and now I'm uncomfortable. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just want you to know that in case I show up into the space and I feel like I show up as embarrassed. That's how deep we get. This yeah. is PA United, Erie County United Crawford. If you're wondering, it's a great place to work. And um, I don't know, I, I feel privileged to work in a place where I don't feel like everyone's cold. People show up as authentic human beings. Like, and I've talked on this podcast about like struggling and suffering. I was carried so much by the people on my team. And I don't feel like that would have happened in another workplace. I would just been left to fall apart and then eventually quit or leave, you know? Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I kind of went on a tangent there. No, and now good. I'm curious, like, what have your work experiences been? Like, I want to get back to art, but I'm also very curious about like what your work life is like or like what your work culture is like. I'd imagine, Lydia, you're very in the very emotional, open sharing space, too. At, at your it's interesting. I, I feel like I'm maybe a blend of both because we have administrative folks and we have more of that like policy level, system level conversations going, which tend to be not cold, per se, because they're still all rooted in like people's experiences. Um, but but there's that element or like the grants and the reporting and like numbers and all that sort of like very just cold stuff. I mean, you know, it's, I'm not talking about what someone went through. I'm talking about like, well, here's how many folks I enrolled in this program and here's how many dollars we've spent on this, you know, and whatever. Um, but then, yeah, on this, on the flip side, like there are people that come in and I have to help them report something to the police or I have to advocate for something in the school system or like, you know, I have to just help them communicate to other people because no one takes the time to, to sit down and figure out what they need without an interpreter. Um, and so helping them bridge those gaps in that system. So for sure, I mean, it's it's kind of both. Mm -hmm. um, I think I, I lean towards the emotional side of it. Um, but yeah, it's yeah. just interesting. And I, I feel like our, what we gravitate towards in film and like movies and TV shows kind of reflects like that balance of like, there are times definitely where I want to like, watch something that's like very intense but most of the time it's not something that's like very dramatic and based in real life like a lot of times it's either a reality tv show that's like total fluff or it's like these sci-fi like alternate realities that like really aren't real that are exciting and thrilling but like don't happen here because i don't like when i used to work with men convicted of sexual offenses like i didn't need to watch like my sister would watch um svu mm -hmm. on order she would watch that like nonstop. And she'd be like, why don't you want to watch with me? I'm like, Izzy, like I'm living like that work yeah. all day. I don't need to come home and like watch that for fun. Yeah. Like that's real life. Um, and not True. to say that like you can't find enjoyment and like watch those sorts of things and find it interesting. And like, cause that absolutely like those are entertaining for some folks. Um, but it was just like, I, I don't need 
I don't need to watch that. Like I just worked that for the last eight hours. Um, mm. And yeah, it's just interesting. Um, so I find that like art is also a way for us to like find more balance in our lives, like get the things that we aren't getting, whether that's emotional engagement or like something lighthearted or mm. something fantastical. Yeah, so that's, like, that's interesting for sure. I'll just throw in that. Yeah. True crime. I can't do, I don't find entertainment in like murder and you know, like <laughs> that stuff that I don't mean that kind of heavy, I guess. I mean, kind of more like, um, you know, maybe like the struggles of more like the everyday person kind of thing. I just like real humanistic, realistic. But then I also too love like um, stuff that's kind of edutainment kind of thing. So like, I like a lot of sci-fi, uh, you know, and like things that ask like existential questions about. Uh, oh, like Black Mirror. We've talked about yeah, that. Before. Oh, yeah. yeah. Challenging. I like, I like challenging stuff. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Cool. Or that challenge the status quo. I think that's another reason I can't watch like Law and Order or some of those other like quote unquote true crime shows because I also... <laughs> fight like some of the systemic injustices in the criminal legal system through participatory defense. And so I know that some of this stuff is like not accurate. Like the police don't always respond that way to folks when they report an issue or the judges and lawyers don't always respond that way. Like this, it paints a very stereotypical or one-sided or whitewashed version of people's experiences in some of these systems. And it's pretty frustrating to watch when you know, like the reality of it. Yeah, I bet <laughs> for sure. So I pay I really... for, oh, go ahead, Mari. No, no, go ahead. I was just going to say, I pay for the, the six and I don't, uh, I don't share my passwords or anything with anybody. <laughs> so full disclosure, <laughs> but I know John a lot is, of people. Uh, John is down. He's like rugged individualism, like man on an <laughs> island. He pays for his streaming subscriptions and no one else gets them. I reached a certain point where, um, and I don't know if it necessarily correlated with when I started like, m you know, like really professionally making art, but at a certain point I stopped <clears throat> pirating music. Mm. Uh, I never pirated films. Um, I don't know why, but, uh, but yeah, like at a certain point now I buy everything on mm -hmm. iTunes. Like, I, um, I don't know. Uh, so I'm very curious where you all come Interesting. in. Marty, wait, 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 before I move on, do you take or like, are you on anyone else's platform? Like, do you get someone else's Hulu? I've borrowed Shudder um, from from someone at the Horror, horror Fest uh, <laughs> for a little while, uh, for like a couple months to, to catch up on some horror stuff. Um, but otherwise, no, this is all uh, our own uh, subscriptions. <laughs> wow, that is totally different experience. I'm, yeah, I'm really ready to psychoanalyze us all on our, our habits. Because, <laughs> Marty, you said, okay, I want to hear, Marty, you say, who do you share with? Who do you give yours to? Who do you take from? So um, I have HBO Max. For a little bit, I had my own and then got rid of it. When I had it, I had my little brother and my little sister on it. My parents don't stream, so I just only give it to them. Um, and then when I got rid of it, my boyfriend, then he bring, brought his PS4 over to my place, has it through his dad, and somehow our accounts got mixed. 
So now we have each other's information through the PS4? I don't understand. So technically now, mine is canceled, but somehow it's still in my name, and it's his dad paying for it. So I have HBO through Brett's dad. That's, that's <laughs> a win-win. Yeah. yeah. Um, I have Amazon Prime through Brett, because I don't have Amazon Prime. My sister pays for Hulu, as does Paige. I have... Paige's Hulu on my phone and my sister's Hulu on my computer and TV. <laughs> I don't pay for Hulu. I have my sister's Netflix. I think the only thing I pay for is Disney Plus and I barely use it. My sister, my brother, and Michaela Alicia has um, my Disney Plus. And the other, only other um, streaming platform, I, oh, I have, um, I recently got Discovery Plus because they have TLC, which just has all the garbage TV in the world. I want to get into it. Um, but the only other thing I pay or don't I watch rather is Pluto TV. So if you have a Roku, um, a smart TV or Apple, there's a free app. I think everyone should have it. I hope everyone knows about it. It's called Pluto TV and it's um, through Paramount Network. So and um, Viacom. So like MTV shows are on there. VH1, FX and others. And it's just channels of shows. So like three Three's Company has an entire channel, and all they do is just run Three Company all day. <laughs> Kitchen has his own channel. So, like, if you just want to not have a choice, like, sometimes you get, a, I get exhausted by all the choice that's on platforms, and I just want to tune into something. Because I don't have cable. I, I think we should also answer that. I don't have cable. Um, How long so have a, you not had cable? I've never had cable. Okay. Unless my parents, when I live with my parents, my parents have cable. But like as an adult who pays for my own bills, I've never had cable. Yeah, we haven't for like probably 10, 15 years. Yeah. Yeah. So I think I said, I did I answer both of them, like what I get from other people. Yeah. And what I, okay. <laughs> That's interesting. Quite a different yeah. story. Right? Yeah. What do you, are you and I have Spotify. I pay for Spotify. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's good. Yeah. Um, so I'm pretty sure I pay for nothing. <laughs> so I don't know what that says about me. Socialism at its finest. Uh, so uh, my mom has Hulu, Netflix, Amazon Prime. Although Buster has Amazon Prime too, but like we had Amazon Prime through my mom already. And I had like already started watching shows, which is the other thing too. Like when you started watching a show and I want to keep track of like where I'm at, I don't want to have another subscription that I have to like go back and find, even though that's like super lazy. But uh, so she has that. My sister has Disney Plus and HBO Max. So, so yeah, so we've got all that good stuff going. Um, and I pay for none of it. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it I gets expensive, right? Like, we're talking, like, say, 10 bucks a, a platform. I mean, it's, it's cable. It's cable. It's ridiculous. Right. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and we haven't had cable at my house since I was in, like, the fourth grade ever. Mm -hmm. What? Really? Um, like even in my childhood. Yeah, we never had I never grew up on TV like at all. It was like reading books and playing games with my family. So Aww. do you know anyone we, under like let's say let's say 40 that has cable still? Um <laughs> shout out to Jasmine Flores. Um okay. I remember her telling me years ago that her boyfriend David is really into football. Uh, and I think that's the only reason. I think they don't have it all the time. I think they had it for football season. Okay. Yeah. But other than Jasmine, I can't remember anyone around our age 
I thought you were going to say really into uh, commercials or nothing to watch. (laughs) Yeah, right? Like, like I don't, there's no incentive. Well, nowadays, uh, my, oh, this is another one. My sister-in-law pays for Hulu Live, so you can get, like, lots of TV shows. Like That's expensive, though, isn't it? Like, 50 bucks or something? I don't know what it is. But, yeah, she found, she got a good deal or something, and so she got it. So that's what Buster uses for football, too. But, yeah, that's really the only reason to get cable is, like, local sports. And RuPaul's Drag Race, if you want to watch it live. I had, so there was a period of time I had Sling only to watch RuPaul's Drag Race. <laughs> and now I don't even keep up with it. I need to catch up. I'm like three seasons behind. Uh, I like Talking about TV shows. Like, what is your comfort show? Because mm-hmm. that's one of mine. That you just go back to every time? Mm-hmm. I know specific moments. I won't even watch a full episode. I just want to watch the dance battle, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Lydia, what are your favorite? T- we're talking TV series, like all time, like comfort food or like favorites. Like, it doesn't even have to be all time. It can be something you're going to right now. Mm. Mm. I think um, comfort zone. Oh, gosh, that's a good question. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, Love is Blind and The Bachelor, Bachelorette, as much as I hate it and I can't watch it all the time, like I go through phases where I'm like, I need like just nonsense, total nonsense. And then that's when I watch it Um, because there's definitely like no intellectual stimulation happening um, during. Although there. okay, that being said, I feel like I'm being a little too harsh. Um, Love is Blind has had has led Buster and I to have many conversations about like communication skills. And for anyone watching Love is Blind right now, Nick. Well, I shouldn't. Okay. Spoiler alert. (laughs) Spoilers. Spoiler alert. Don't listen to the next five seconds if you're listening or if you're watching Love is Blind. But when like Nick and Danielle fight all the time on Love is Blind, then we talk about like communication skills and how like when you are in a relationship with someone, you have to be willing to like hear their point of view and see where they're coming from. So I think there is, if you want to, there can be some better (laughs) to these shows of like, oh, this reminded us, like, let's talk through this, whatever. Um, but yeah, no, it's it's total nonsense. So those ones are just like easy, no brainers. Stuff that I can like put on in the background while I paint or do other stuff too. Um, yeah. yeah, I don't know. See, what about you, John? I can never watch stuff like in the background. Like I am, I gotta be, well, <laughs> like if, if I'm in a theater, okay, it's gotta be fucking quiet like if somebody's chewing popcorn over there i'm pissed at them <laughs> if somebody whispers i'm getting pissed like oh no oh my and- you don't do you not like me whispering to my friends and cracking are you are you mad uh, it's annoying but like when someone's like oh no shit yeah, are you mad at that person in no, the theater because like i like the energy of watching a movie so like if it's an energy thing like the audience loves something or is sure. scared or whatever but if you're the jackass texting or like oh i hate talking it's or reaction like, to the show it's okay lip smacking every time you eat your popcorn <laughs> like right behind like oh i hate i hate you so much <laughs> I used to get so frustrated with my mom for reacting to shows and things like we'd be watching something. She'd be like, (gasps) and I'd be like, mom, like, stop. That was way too much. But then I'm turning into my mother. And just this year, I've like started doing that where I will be watching a movie. And I'm like, (gasps) and I'm like, I don't know why I did that. It was like just instinct. And I don't like myself a little bit. I need to ask my boyfriend if it annoys him because I'll be we'll be watching something. I'm like, oh my gosh, she's so stupid. No, she's not about to go in there. Like, what? Do you see her about to do this? 
what? He's just watching. He's like, yeah, babe, yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah, I like. Fo- I am definitely I like a talker at home. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I f- I focus unless it's something that I don't that is just entertainment, like not serious. Like if it's a reality show or something, yeah. Like talking through it, because I, I could kind of give a shit. There's not really like a storyline or something that they're not going to tell you 15 more times in the next two episodes. So, but yeah, stuff I like, I'm, I'm focused. I, I don't know. Cause I'm always, I'm watching it like through a different lens too. Like, you know, I'm watching like, I don't know. It's a technical thing, right? I'm watching lighting. I'm watching pace, story, sound, music. Like I'm, I watch things probably differently than yeah. watch right like, that's true. yeah I think so. kind of studying too i mean the cool thing about having um you know a couple production companies is that like you know all of these subscriptions right they're like for the business so i'm researching so like wait are you not actually paying for it then is your company paying for it you like yeah you write them write them off right because like so john you're not paying for any streaming service you're just like lydia i'm actually the only one paying for anything capitalism It's the, you know, it's, it's the industry, right? Like if you're a writer, then, you know, you can write off your typewriter or your laptop or, you know, like. I get you. No, for sure. Or like my dad being a history professor, like wrote off all like the history books he would buy. Even sometimes when they were like only tangentially related to what he was going (laughs) to (laughs) teach. How does the Mongolian history have to do? He's like, but it sounds so interesting. Loopholes. Loopholes. Yeah, for sure. No, it's it's interesting. Uh, the other show that I love that I could watch a thousand times, and I also do appreciate for like cinematic value, was The Haunting of Hill House. Mm. Yes. Um, I thought that was like <laughs> such an amazing show, both like psychologically, but also like there was one episode where it was one shot for like I swear an like. 20 30 minutes of like just one shot that they were like going i was like this is impressive that like they a can one like with no takes or no, no cuts with or no cuts or anything mm-hmm. and it's i mean i might be exaggerated but it was like two, i think it's like 15 20 minutes of all just one shot that they follow through this like funeral home back and forth and back and like and people are changing and there's like having like almost like mini flashbacks but it's all one sh- like there's no cuts it was it was really well done. Did y'all see nineteen? I think it's nineteen seventeen or nineteen eleven. It's a World oh, War yeah. One, mm-hmm. and it was just one shot. I think that was the first time I noticed that. I'm like, oh my god, they did yeah. all this like this in one take. <laughs> well, they uh-huh. hit they hit a lot of cuts, but it's it it's supposed to be one cut. Yeah. yeah, a lot of that stuff just you know not to get technical, but it's not now get really, technical because I don't know. not really one. There's some movies that are actually one single take, like start to finish, but then you can hide stuff like in editing, like when you cross over someone's head yeah, and like have somebody walk in front of the camera, or <clears throat> you know have yeah. a moment of darkness when you're going down a hallway oh, or something. Now I have to watch. Have you watched? Okay, well yeah, I have to watch Hill House again and see if. There's Wait, like, what episode is it? Because I don't know what that I remember. Episode five or not? Six. Not the number, but like what happened in the episode? Oh, they um they all get to the funeral home. I'm not going to spoil anything, but someone has died, and they all get back together. Oh. All the siblings get reunited with the dad for the first time. Okay, and it's like very tense, and like the dad sees them as adults, but then there's like a pan away, and they pan back, and they're all the kids again, and it's all like one shot. It's really cool. Anyway, okay, um, that's awesome. Technically yeah. very, very tough. Yeah, so you notice stuff. You, I mean, you normally don't want to notice stuff like that. But when you do, it's usually like 
somehow psychologically you felt like, wow, this is really impressive or whatever, uh -huh. you know, like, yeah, yeah, really cool. Yeah, it's really interesting. Well, I know that we wanted to briefly talk about like the filmmaking process because I mean, and maybe this is the perfect time to transition into that, that like there's so much that we don't understand as consumers of film and media that like what goes on in the background or, or how does that process even happen? Um, and so John, as our local expert, uh, <laughs> can you take us through like, what is that like having, especially like as a writer director, like what is it like to go through the process of writing a show or writing a movie and then seeing it played on the screen at the very end? Ooh. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's very much a business for sure. Um, you know, people, people think that, uh, you know, when they think of filmmaking, they probably think either the director, right? Right, Marty, the director in the chair, like- uh, Is that cool with the hat and the, the, the <laughs> pants? Yeah. yeah. Or the actors in, in front of the camera. But, um, you know, really like, you know, you, you form an LLC. Uh, so you have to know all of that stuff. Um, you, I mean, like the film that I'm working on now, I started writing like over a year ago. Um, I have a writing partner, uh, Shira Pettis. Give, give Shira a shout out here in Erie. Um, but yeah, it's like we're writing and passing drafts back and forth to each other. Like we'll take a couple weeks and write and then send it to the other person. They'll read it. We'll do a Zoom meet, kind of break it all down. And then she has it for a couple weeks. So we've been doing that for months. Um, and then you kind of have to know how to put together a pitch deck and a pitch package um, if you want to approach people to invest. So then it's kind of like a startup, um, you know, and you have to get investors and a lawyer and you have to work on, all, you know, kind of having a business plan and, and all of those things. Uh, then you put together a budget. So that's kind of like accounting. Um, then you hire somebody that's, uh, in charge of that, of course. Um, then you start hiring like people that are experts in certain areas, um, you know, like a production designer, costumer, cinematographer, uh, all, all these positions. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of like your producer role, um, directing uh... them, of course, you don't know what that is. Um, casting. So what, wait, wait, pause. Yeah, it's a everything lot. you just <laughs> said was so. Everything you just said, so you wrote. So that's a writer role, right? Yes, that's writer role. But everything else you just described—that's what a producer does. Yeah, a producer kind of. Um, I mean, and you know, great thing would be to find a producer that does that for you. Um, I haven't been in, really in that position too much yet. Um, but yeah, there, there are all different roles. But when you're first starting out, you know, you're wearing a lot of hats. So a lot of filmmakers in Erie right now um, are in the same boat of you're kind of wearing all the hats, right? Mm -hmm. And then you might do like a Kickstarter or an Indiegogo or something to kind of raise enough funds so that you can pay people something mm -hmm. um, and or buy certain equipment or whatever. The other thing about filmmaking is it's the most expensive art form like by far. Because uh, all of this planning and work and money and the canvas is just this thing yeah. that's just on the screen. Isn't yeah. that crazy? Yeah. Versus like a visual, like a painter who just buys their paint and it just da -da 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 and it's done. You have to get all of these people involved for your final art piece. Yeah, you have. It's definitely a team, a team effort. I mean, on Earth, we had uh, 
like 40 people on our crew and like 30 people in the cast. So we were maintaining a small business for, you know, a number of months that had like 70, 75 employees. Um, and then sometimes it would be just as low as just Dorota and I editing, uh, cause we edited the film as well when it was done, which took a year. Uh, I mean, it can, it's, it's a huge amount of your, of your time and your life. So that's why you got to feel very passionate about whatever you're doing. So is this what the difference is between like an independent film versus like commercial film from like um, MGM, Paramount, 21 Century, where they have like staff upon staff upon staff upon staff and budget to do all that versus like you started from the writing process, you produced, then you edited, and then like you had to do the casting too. Did you do casting? We hired uh, casting directors, okay. but the cool thing was, you know, we, our role was we got the tapes and then we could watch the tapes of people and kind of give our feedback and stuff. Mm -hmm. But um, yeah, you're, you're, you're pretty much right. I mean, everyone like Martin Scorsese, when he did his film uh, for Netflix, he had a 200 and some million dollar budget and he said it wasn't enough money. Like it's never enough money. You're always like squeezing like the dollar as much as you can because it's just so expensive everything's so damn expensive um but yeah and you have unions um you know there's a, a crew there's crew unions there's acting unions so you're also working with contracts and dealing with with things like that i mean it's it is a lot like when we made unearth that was the first film so like the films I made before on Earth were kind of the model that I, I told you, like with you'd kickstart and, you know, you'd kind of make money from friends and family to pay for stuff. But on Earth was really like doing a startup business. Um, yeah. And it's still going. I mean, we're, um, we're we have a, the Blu-ray coming out in April with all the extras and it's on Showtime now. And like, mm. so it's it goes for years and years of your life. I mean, I love it. I love it uh, so much. It's like you, cr you come up with a concept um, and then, you know, you put on your writer hat and you work on developing that. And then it's amazing when you're on set and you're like hiring professional cast and crew, and then you kind of like see it happen in front of you. It's like the most stressful time in the world and also kind of like the best time in the world because so many things could go wrong and you never have enough time or enough money. Um, yeah. And then you see people watch it and get their reaction. I mean, I, I, yeah, I just love it. I love telling stories. Always did as a kid. That's awesome. Sean, I'm bad. Hmm. You need to send me the link to Unearth. I've not <laughs> watched it yet. I know. I'm admitting publicly that I'm a bad friend. <laughs> All right. But oh, I want to correct fun. that. Okay. So please send me the link. I'm going to watch it this week. Because me and my boyfriend keep a list of movies that we're trying to watch. I'm going to put that number one. Got you. Well, if you have Showtime, it's on Showtime. Otherwise, you can rent it like anywhere. Honestly, it's on Amazon. It's on. Oh, although you might not. I have don't that. have show. I do not pay for Showtime. Neither does anyone who pays for things for me have Showtime. <laughs> so you can probably find it on Amazon or um, like Amazon. Yeah, that's Prime probably the best one. Just okay, get I'll it get it there. So, yeah, yeah. No, no worries. That's the thing too, right? We're so spoiled with so much content, which is kind of like what what we were talking about before. Like, there's so many streaming platforms. They're paying, like Disney. Netflix is spending 33, I 
pretty sure it's billion with a B this year alone on original content. And I think it's either Apple or Disney is spending twice that this year, like 70 billion dollars. Well, this just shows you how important art is. Right. Mm -hmm. It's the, it's the content wars, but it's the streaming wars for sure. So it's really, if you're a creative person, now is the best time to like be writing, be trying to get your stuff out there, be trying to get noticed because all these platforms are so hungry and there's only so many, you know, there's only so many really well-known directors, like, you know, say there's 200 of them. Otherwise it's, it's a lot of competition to try and get those shows and movies made. To those immigrant kids whose parents are telling you you can only be a doctor, listen to what he just said. <laughs> now is the time. <laughs> Go into the arts. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, that's amazing. That's so, it just reminds me of um, a quote my dad used to say of like, do what you love and you'll do it well. And if you do something well, you will be compensated for it. And it might not always be right away and it might not be immediately or you, you might not find the job that is meant for you right away. But like when you just keep doing what you love, like things align and people see that and they take note and, and they will reward you for that. Um, so I just, I think of that, like you can just tell when people love what they do, whether it's Marty, you talking about community organizing and the work you do with all your coworkers and like the community you build there or john talking about the community you build on a set and like the people and and the stories you get to tell like it's exciting to not only do what you love but exciting to be surrounded by people that do what they love because it's just a different energy than when you are with people that just do a job for a job um so thank you for being bringing that energy to this space i think it's so important thank you both before we transition into our, our eerie question, John, I don't know that you answered the comfort question. What do you go to for comfort? Oh, wow. Honestly, it's it's my creative spaces. So it's it's honestly, I feel the most at ease and comfortable <laughs> creating like seriously, like getting getting ideas on paper and kind of building building the world, imagining a, a a better place or, um, wanting to, uh, I don't know. That's what, that's what drives me. And that really is what makes me comfortable. Also, again, I grew up in the country, so, um, I'm very comfortable with nature and very at peace in nature. So I think that's, uh, but it's more about creating, not as much consuming mm -hmm. perhaps. That's, that's cool. Well, you keep on telling people you're from the country. You need to tell people where you're from, John. And also, um, you know, what makes Aries yours? You're a filmmaker. Usually people, when they think of filmmakers, they think of Hollywood. So what made John Lyons, who grew up in Erie, stay here and continue to make art? What makes Erie yours? Yeah, I mean, um, great question. Wow. I never heard of that. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Um, I mean, I decided to stay in Erie, um, really to make Erie a better place. I feel like, um, I went the route of big fish in a small pond, um, kind of approach. I feel that, uh, Erie's a place where you can bring about big enough, you can have a big enough impact and actually bring change, um, to the community. And that's, that's definitely the opportunity that I feel um, Erie provides. And 
you know, whether it's uh, because I'm older and more mature now, I, I do want to, you know, and I don't have kids. So kind of um, my legacy is really to uh, help anyone that I can get stories out there uplift um, in my own kind of creative ways and, and just be involved in my community. I feel like Erie is a, again, a small enough city that um, you can make an impact. So, Well, that makes sense why you're part of this team. You help me and Lydia get our stories out there as well as the guests that come onto this podcast and share out their experiences around Erie. So thank you. Thank you. Well, I think that's a good place to, to, to end for this week, but maybe just to leave everyone with something to think about, like listeners, um, you know, like what stories do you think need to be told? Do you have a story that you want to share with the community and how do you share your stories? Is it through talking? Is it through organizing? Is it through writing or painting or a film? Um, and how can we help? See y'all next week. You've been listening to the Our Eerie podcast. Many voices speak the truth to power and unpacking difficult discussions. You can continue the conversation on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter at Our Eerie Series. This podcast is produced by John C. Lyons, Marty Norchuku, and Lydia Laith. Music produced by Light Shadow. We appreciate you for listening to the Our Eerie podcast. Until next time, take care of yourself. Keep fighting the good fight. Remember, you're awesome. Thanks for listening. listening.